Okay, so Tracy C, the floor is yours. Thank you, Louisa. Thank you for asking me. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm Tracy, Person Recovery uh, from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, yeah, my sobriety date is uh, July 1st of 1991. And I hope you can hear me okay. It's morning, it's 8 a.m. here, so um, I'm not a big morning person, but um, I'm always willing to help out, you know, when somebody needs help in the program. So Louisa asked me and I said, yes. And here we go. <clears throat> um, excuse me. I'm going to be sipping coffee as we do this. So my brain will boot up. Um, so yeah, I was born here in Cleveland. Um, um, grew up, uh, I, I was adopted. I was a, uh, um, foster child in the foster care system here in Cleveland, Ohio. And, um, my mother had me when she was very young, gave me up for adoption and, uh, she didn't have a choice in the matter, but you know, it was a, just this type of situation at the time, you know, you didn't keep your kids, but you didn't have, you know, you didn't give them up. You didn't, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> you didn't get rid of them is what I mean. You had to have them and then put them up for adoption. And so uh, that's what, that's how I came into the world. And uh, I think that uh, I often think about, I uh, wonder who my father is. I never knew who my father was. And I don't think I want to know and under the circumstances how he got my mother pregnant. Um, but I often think, you know, maybe that's why, maybe some of that, his brain stuff got into me. I don't know. He passed down some addiction somehow. Uh, so yeah, I am addicted. I am, I'm an, a recovering addict and I say person in recovery because I could go and do go to many different meetings, different fellowships and everything, but gambling and food. I probably could go to those. I could identify in all different fellowships. Um, definitely codependent. I go to Al-Anon. I go to uh, secular Al-Anon, secular CODA, and AA. Uh, I've been to NA. Um, you know, I, I I got it all. You know, I'm a you know jackpot winner in, in addiction. So, and I'm addicted to uh, I'm as addicted to approval as I am to alcohol and drugs. Honestly, um, I want I want to uh, totally. I will totally give away uh, myself and my uh, boundaries are porous as all get out. And if I have any at all, sometimes, and, uh, you know, um, I think my joke, my friend, Joe C said that, and I, and I took, took that on too. And I love that. He said that addicted to approval. And that's what I'm working on now today. And I'm not saying I don't still have alcoholism uh, because I do very much and addiction, but uh, that's just where I am today. I work very much on codependency and uh, and that going through a lot of life situations right now, which has which has been very helpful for me uh, for me to go to Al-Anon, um, going through separation and um, all that entails. And um, so maybe it was a good time for me to come here and talk and get a, stuff out of my head. I don't know. Um, it's it's very difficult to navigate um, life situations like this and still be an addict and not turn to 
you know, whatever to numb myself um, because I just want it to go away. You know, I don't want to deal with it. I often want life situations to just go away. I don't want I don't want to make decisions, you know, I want somebody else to make the decisions. <clears throat> uh, but, you know, that's not how life is. You know, life is just a series of decisions, if you think about it, and difficult decisions, some more difficult than others. But, you know, so I grew up in, again, going back to my story, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and um, youngest of three. I was a foster child. I drank. Um, I drank at a young age. Um, I drank when uh, first time I had a drink was when I was very little, you know, like a toddler, like a you know kid, you know. And my parents would have my parents would entertain, and and um, my dad, mom, and dad. My dad was in the army, you know, and so they would entertain. Um, they would have parties and stuff. They weren't alcoholic or anything, but they would entertain and have people over. And, and uh, there was drinking and stuff at Christmas and, you know, all that. And they would, you know, when you know how it is when people are at a party, they have a cup of something and then they'd leave it sitting and then they go get a new cup. So I would take sips out of the cups, you know, and because um, everybody was laughing and having fun. And I wondered what was everybody drinking. It was making them so jovial, you know. And uh, I tasted it and it was horrible. I hated it. And uh, but I think that was planted a seed in my head, you know, so like how I felt. Um, I didn't drink for year, many years after that um, until uh, much later. Um, and it was under the circumstances was my dad had a bar in the basement of our house and so he would, you know, he had a fully stocked bar. So, um, so I, I, I don't know what, I can't remember now what drove me to drink, to, to try it again, but, but I did. And, uh, but this time I, I tried it and I liked it. You know, I liked the, the effect it gave me because I always remember having felt on the outside. I never felt like I was part of the group. I always felt like awkward and shy and introverted and I hated it. I felt scared all the time. You know, um, I wasn't an outgoing kid. I wasn't I was not a loud person, <laughs> you know, as you can hear. And um, so it, it made me feel good. It, it took that away. You know, it took all of that bad feeling away when I would try my dad's alcohol. I would sneak his alcohol from his bar, you know. And um so, yeah, that was like the beginning of my drinking. I was like 11 years old. So. Um, so I had kids in that some guys in the neighborhood would uh, I had told them that I had done this. And, you know, a couple of the guys in the neighborhood were like, yeah, I drank I drank some stuff, too, you know. And so I, I found like a group of, of us that we started hanging around and drinking. And one of the guy's brothers would get us alcohol because he was old enough to, to buy liquor at the store. So. He would get us beers. We started, that's where I started drinking more beer than alcohol. And uh, malt liquor was the thing in, in my neighborhood, you know, Schlitz malt liquor bull was this stuff that we had. And um, so that was the start of my drinking career. And um, I think that's where I stopped, stopped mentally growing. You know what I mean? They say you, you know, I, I know that I stopped 
growing right there was around 11, 12 years old, you know, and anything from there, I just veered off and I just, just, I just became irresponsible and didn't care about, about dealing with real life situations, you know, and, uh, I did just enough to get by. That's what I did in my life from, for a long span of time. I mean, I can just go through years of telling you the stories, but that's pretty much it. It was just a progression of alcohol and drugs and just getting by at school, just getting by at, at any jobs that I may have gotten through the years, just getting by it. You know, I didn't have a very dramatic um, drinking career, you know, jails and car chases and explosions and bank robberies and none of that stuff happened to me. It was just, just boring old life, Tracy. And, you know, I, I just wanted to drink by myself. I didn't want to drink with a bunch of people, but although I had a few drinking buddies, um, I mostly drank by myself and got high by myself, you know, um, because I, I didn't want to, because I lived with this veil of shame all the time and uh, guilt and, and, you know, just felt like I was a monster. I, I remember saying that to a psychologist once and he's like, you're not a monster. What are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an ugly monster, you know, because that's how I felt on the inside, you know, and um, I was never able to say that. And I mean, this is well into adulthood and sobriety. I said that to a counselor. And, you know, I had never said that until that time, just how, how I really felt, you know, and it's a shame. I, I really, really honestly um, think people should have some type of psych. It, we, we often, I know in our society, human society, whatever, often think of, of uh, physical, the physical uh, health. But I think mental health is just as important as physical health. And I don't think that it's um, pushed enough. And there's that stigma with it. You know what I mean? And if I had if I had mental health, as much mental health training as I had, you know, pushed on me as math and science and, you know, literature and physical health. And, you know, uh, I would have been in a very different place um, in my life. Um, and I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying, you know, it's just an important thing um, to deal with because that's what drove me to drink and get high was was not being able to cope with day to day life, you know. And um, I I just ran from it, you know. And it's <clears throat> now I'm now I'm growing up. Here I am, um, fifty. I'll be fifty seven this year, and here I am, you know, just learning how to budget money and just learning how to have set up boundaries and just learning how to, uh, you know, speak my truth, you know, and say what I feel and, and point out feelings because to me, feelings were yeah, mad, happy, uh, you know, and that's pretty much it, you know, depressed. That's it. That's all I got. You know, there was no nuance in there, you know, and it's a lot of gray area, you know, and had to learn how to, you know, express my feelings, you know, am I dejected? Am I, you know, I keep a feelings wheel just because, you know, just so I can narrow it down to what am I feeling here, you know, and, and then I can kind of get into how to fix it. If it can be fixed, sometimes I have to sit in it. I had to learn just to sit in my feelings sometimes, you know, and uh, I wanted to throw temper tantrums, 
Uh, but, you know, that's, you know, that's not the grown up way we deal with things, you know, but I never learned that. I turned to alcohol and drugs whenever I felt anything other than happy. I turned drugs and alcohol, you know, or, or, or codependency. I realized that codependency, I get just as much of a, a dopamine hit from being a codependent as I did from alcohol and drugs, you know, and that was a revelation to me. Um, yeah, I, it's very difficult for me to not just take care of it. What I'll do is just take care of it for somebody, you know, and then be mad about it. You know, that I have to, to take care of everything. If it wasn't for me, you know, what the hell, everybody would be fucked up, you know, you know, just move, get out of the way. I'll take care of it, you know, and be mad about it, you know, but, and my sponsor will go, well, did they ask you to take care of it? You know, no, but if I didn't, you know, it would have crashed and burned, you know, uh, you know, and I had to learn to stop do that. And that was another revelation for me, you know, um, and here I am, you know, what, 30, I'll have 32 years this year of sobriety and i'm like just learning this stuff i'm still learning you know and it used to make me mad I'm like damn it i'm still learning shit but it's it's kind of good though i i need to think about it you know i guess you never really stop learning it doesn't matter how physically sober you are you still you still continue to grow there's plenty of space for you to grow and uh i like it you know i like going to these meetings i, I love zoom uh, and, and the fact that it bloomed, uh, during the pandemic and now it continues on is great. You know what I mean? I still get to, I can pop into a meeting just about any time of the day. And I go to a secular, like I said, I go to secular Al-Anon and, and, uh, I can go to a meeting and here it's, there's a woman in Kenya asked me to do a lead and here I am, you know, and there's people in UK and, you know. USA and you know all over so it's awesome that it's brought us all together um um so like I said I don't have that much of a dramatic story it was just me getting by in the world and trying to figure out this human condition thing and uh you know running from it as much as I can and uh now I don't anymore you know I found a group I found my tribe in AA and um and I love all of them. And uh, I love I love the meeting after the meeting. My favorite part of the of AA is the meeting after the meeting. You know, I've had so many good, great conversations with people after the meeting. Uh, I go to a stoic meeting every day at noon. A secular meditation is called. If you're looking for it on a on the list, at noon at noon my time, which is Eastern in the U.S. So I don't know what time that is in your particular country, but. Um, so yeah, every day, uh, seven days a week, secular meditation, they read stoic meditation and, uh, and how it applies to recovery. And we discuss it. And, uh, some of the best discussions I've had have been in those meetings. Uh, I have a lot of, I have a home group, Westside agnostics. I should plug them since I'm being recorded. They would be mad if I didn't say it. Um, and we have in-person meetings and we have meetings, you know, every day too. Uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, U.S. 
and we have in-person meetings. We didn't we didn't expect it to blow up as much as it did. And um, it's been fantastic to get back to in-person and I'll be able to go online and in-person. In so um, just keep spreading the message. You know, sobriety is fantastic. Um, it's the way to go. It's not always fun, but it's 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 um satisfying I, I really do feel completed now you know i don't feel like i'm a monster on the outside looking in like i used to i still have those moments where i'm depressed as fuck and i just want to like you know to throw a temper tantrum and throw a plate against the wall but you know i curb that feeling now i don't do that anymore i call call somebody or read a book. I have all of these tools to use now. I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to re revert back to my childhood, you know, um, and to deal with life, you know, and uh, yeah, life is good. And I'm, I'm grateful again for you asking me, Louisa. And um, I think that I will stop it there. And uh, if you want to, how about we have a topic, you know, I, I am, um, I was talking in a meeting last night about um, uh, the topic in the meeting last night was about uh, um, what was it dealing with life, but it was talking about catastrophizing, you know, how we sometimes catastrophize and uh, you know, this always happens type of thing, you know, and it doesn't always happen, but you know, when something is happening, it seems like it's your whole life. It's not just that moment. You know, and how we just run with it and we ruminate and we run, you know, so uh, maybe we can throw that out as a topic if anybody wants to maybe discuss that. Thanks for asking me.